Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Friday Talk, this Friday evening live, October 16th. This is Billy B.J. Jones and... This is Nadine Tatch. Welcome you back to our show. We're very excited. Good to see you again, Nadine. You know, it's, it's always fun doing this with you. Can you believe this is episode six, I think it is, right? Episode six, and I'm loving it. Fantastic. It's, there's so much great stuff going on. It's our season, man. It's our season, it right? Is. It is. It's our season. <laughs> When we're in the in right in the middle, today is exactly the mid mark of the month of October, right. you right. know, and and we thank all of you for your continued support and, and continued listenership. If at any time you want to talk to us, you can call us in live at three four seven five three nine five three seven two. Again, that's three four seven five three nine five three seven two. And if you're a little shy, you'd like to prefer to send your messages in privately via inbox. Um, or to, to Nadine Tabs' Instagram, you can send it to Nadine Tabs on Instagram at N-T-A-B-S-C-H. His, his, his feed is open. And you can also email it to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So tonight's show, Nadine, is about the history of Halloween. And oh, you know I love history. Halloween. And, and you being the historian, this is like the moment, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so, Nadine, when we look at the history of Halloween, we recall, we talked about it in a few other episodes, we talk about the, the relics of our childhood that remind right. us what Halloween is about, but we know that all of that we experience today, and even then, it extends much further back as well. And so, in your own historical pursuits of Halloween, what have you learned or come across in, as a historian about, or some significant interests about Halloween? Uh, well, you know, Halloween, as we celebrate it today, is uh, commercialized, right, uh, mm-hmm. from, how, from its original origins. And a lot of people don't realize that, yes, there was definitely a, a spiritual, earthly connection with the celebration of Halloween, but there was also a religious one as well. And so as we talk about how Halloween originated, we talk about... Uh, the Celts, I know some people say Celts, uh, the festivals where they would have uh, the Cyan festivals, they would have bonfires, and they would wear costumes, usually of animal skin and stuff, to ward off ghosts. So that's the origins of how eventually would develop the people wearing, um, you know, costumes and stuff for Halloween. And in the 8th century, uh, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st All Saints Day and as a time to honor the saints. So... The day before All Saints Day, so All Saints Day was kind of incorporated with science, and mm-hmm. the evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve. So it was kind of a combination. So a lot of times when people say, well, I don't celebrate Halloween because I am 
you know, uh, my faith is, is Christian and we don't celebrate Halloween, I would beg to remind people that Halloween did start with a very religious undertone of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize the, the, the tradition, the, the Celtic tradition, which goes back about 2,000 years, it, you know, there was a time where they said that there was an, in, in, the, in the belief that there was a, a, the period on October 31st, as, as you mentioned earlier, All Hallows Eve, as we call it today, that was the time when the living and the dead, the worlds, the lines were secured, right? And so, and it's interesting because if you take the number 31 or 30th, and if we look at Halloween as the 31st, and then if we look at, flip those numbers around, it's almost like a a palindrome. It's like Triskaidecka, you know, all people don't have Triskaidecaphobia, it was the fear of 13. So it's a nice play on the opposite of 13 being 31, right? And, and 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 you're right. These the Celts had a, a very impressive um, understanding of what that meant. But it, there was also a sense of community that always that even to this day that we see in Halloween, you know, it started within the tradition of the the the, the townspeople, the common area. And then right. now what we see today is just revolutionized. I mean, Halloween celebrated in Brazil, you know, or celebrated mm-hmm. in other um, incredible communities because the Western impact of what it means and what it looks like has now become that international influence. But we have to pay homage to those, um, to the Celts, especially for their start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Halloween uh, did start as a European tradition, not a yeah. Western world one. As time has gone on, I think the Western world has received more attention for it just because significantly more shows and books and stories and all the way that, you know, that you can kind of uh, form this this uh, kind of like a, a compact of all these great things creativity-wise, right? Mm-hmm. So you got all different types of media going into it as well. And then we have Halloween that we see it as, you know, trick-or-treating. But there are many people around the world who still uh, celebrate it for its uh, religious or earthly undertones. I'm reading something here online. Um, Props to the History Channel, um, history, um, history.com website, on its um, renditions of of Halloween and the history. And it says here, by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin, origin were combined with the traditional Celtic tradition of, of, of their holiday, of the holiday. And, and here's where it gets interesting, because they said the first was a Faralia, Faralia, F-E-R-A-L-I-A, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. And the second was a day to honor Panoma. Pomona, which is the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, which explains the symbol of Pomona Pomona is the apple. And the incorporation of the celebration into the the, the Celtic tradition is what we now understand. And why we understand like candy apples and and, and certain fruits or things, but the apple especially being related to Roman mythology uh, or belief, I think that was very significant. And so when we see these things today, I mean, Nadine, when you were growing up, we talked about it before, you know, the traditions have changed. The traditional way we celebrate Halloween now, it's still different for you and me from what it was a decade ago. There's a difference in how we view it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was in the the position that when I was younger and we always, you know, we dressed for, well, not always, but we dressed for Halloween. But you know this, I grew up in a very rough part um, of town. 
it was not the kind of place that you go door to door at night, mm-hmm. much less during the day right. or at night. So trick-or-treating really wasn't an option where I grew up. Uh, so for a few years, uh, my mom would take me with my, my grandmother and uh, my brother and I, we would go to the mall. And what they would do is the different stores, the people, uh, they would actually recommend it for parents because they felt it was just a safer option. And so I remember going to the mall a few years and people would stand dressed up outside the doors and giving out candy. And there was a lot of trick-or-treaters because it was a indoors and a safer environment. So that experience alone is still very different to how at the same time people across the world had been celebrating or across the country had been trick-or-treating house to house. I mean, I wouldn't go trick-or-treating house to house until I was about uh, 13 years old. And it was because I went to another neighborhood to trick-or-treat with a friend, a much better neighborhood. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's def- the experiences are definitely different, but they could also be different within the same time period. And, and in the same city, right? And in the same city, yeah. I live on the other side of the, ta- of this, of, of, of the same city, and I went door to door. I did the traditional thing and right. was very upset that when it rained, I remember one Halloween, it rained so horribly that we could not go trick-or-treating, and I was pissed, okay? Right. Conversely, had I gone to a mall, I would have still had my experience, <laughs> right? And right. so here, here's something interesting. Um, so when, when Halloween arrived to America and into in a new America, you know, new, in a New England area, the colonial New England, the interesting thing was that it was not still, you know, because New England area was very Protestant belief and it was very rigid yeah. for Protestant yeah. belief. So Halloween, obviously, you can imagine it was not a, 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 a staple at that time. So, right. but down in the south side of America is where it started to get really interesting because the more south you went, things were just a little bit more, um, I, I wouldn't say free for all, but not as rigid as it would have been in the north in a, in a new America, right? Not as religiously rigid, right? right. But as religiously religious, uh, rigid, right. And so as a result, what ended up happening in that process is where people begin to start creating new traditions. And some of those traditions were quite weird. A lot of the superstitions that we endure today, I I always tell my students, we're covering this right now in my English courses at at the college. I tell students, I say a lot of my, one of my favorite periods in literature is Victorian. Because in the Victorian period, we're talking, you know, the 1800s, 19th century. A lot of the, 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 the lore that we know today about Halloween is modern interpretations and icons. They emanated from that time. And so, and that includes some of the superstitions that were carried over from the Celtic era to, to now. And so when we look at Halloween today, I mean, thanks to COVID, it's now totally a whole new, right. a new version yeah. of itself, right? Right. It's been an evolution here. Definitely an evolution and from 100 years and heck within the past 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we have that wonderful ability that we can look at how things have changed and progressed. Let's look no further than Halloween costumes. I mean, Halloween costumes have changed significantly. And I'm going to obviously make the, I'm going to go ahead and and make the brazen uh, statement that significantly better. I feel that there's more choice and there's more choice now than there was, I would say, pre-70s, pre-the Halloween Michael Myers uh, movies. Because the typical, you got your Dracula, your witch, your mummy, most of the time in toilet paper, your Frankenstein. It was very classic and iconic characters. But That's true. there was no, at that point, there was no uh, Jason. 
There was no right. Fred. You know, there was no Walking Dead. There was not a lot of the things, a lot of the the shows and the movies and the stuff like that that people would dress as those characters. So if you just look at the evolution of it costume-wise, I mean, we know that we could look at costumes today and they're not the same as they were before. And I would also make the argument that I feel more adults celebrate Halloween now than they did in the past. Here's an interesting fact for you, Nadine. Listen to this. More people, especially millennials, are buying costumes for their for their pets. 20% did so in 2018, up from 16% since 2017. So there's one tradition. that you, Here you go. Now it's not only about us. It's about our, our four-legged friends and, and family right. that we take care of pets in our home. And, and, and here's another one that I thought that was interesting as well. One quarter of the candy sold annually in the U.S. is for Halloween. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Billy. Now that we're talking about this, this is a quick sidetrack. How do you feel about candy corn? Because as a kid, I used to love it. <laughs> candy corn, I could do a few now, but I guess because they're so sweet and it's too, it's just yeah. too much. I eat literally like two of them and I'm good for the season, right? I'm right, just right. good for you the season. <laughs> well and that goes back to the history of halloween because when you look at the original history these luxuries that we enjoy today weren't there just like what you said from the candy that we eat there were a lot more natural foods right that were used as well as the ability to make your own costume i mean today we live in such a commercialized world it's easy to go online and go to spirit.com we love you spirit thank you very much or go to partycity.com and we can buy our products right but it's so much more fun. I, I have I have to admire you and, and wifey, Nadim, that you guys actually take the time to really make your costumes and you give it oh, a yeah. lot of thought and you come up with some amazing things that could not be bought in the store. And to me that's that's to me that's the beauty of this holiday. It also allows that kind of creativity to flourish as well. Absolutely. Now Billy, we have got uh quite a few questions here. We do. We do so... and, and more coming. Thanks for listening, guys. More coming. Okay, so however you want to do it, I know there's some on my side, there's some on your side. If you'd like to start, um, I think you I should start. start. I think you got a ton there, and you know you yeah, got a ton there on your list, and we'll it. we'll go with the list. And and before we do that, just a reminder, everyone, thank you for your continued support. Inbox is open at everydayfolkslisten at gmail dot com, and Nadine's um, message, instant message on Instagram at intapsh is open too. And I also am, um, I also want to say our phone line is open, <laughs> 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. Let's do it, Nadine. All right. So our first question comes from our longtime supporter uh, and promoter, Karina Mariaka. Much love to Karina. You know she always has these great questions. Oh, yeah. Um, so, all right. I'm going to throw this one at you, Billy, and this is a good question because we we spoke about this on our last podcast. How do you think the history of Halloween will change after this year? Oh, wow. That's a good question. The one thing I think will change is, well, a week ago, as you know, we experienced Horrorland in Miramar Parkway. We went through a drive-through haunted house, which was an amazing, great job. I think more of those interests. Because I always thought we, we don't get hay rides and things like that down here when you live in a city, right? Or you live in a progressive community where there are no farms, right? So now we have drive-through attractions. So that, I think that's a staple. I also think that the future of Halloween is also going to become continuously virtual. People are now seeing the value of escape rooms 
or horror-themed or suspense-themed holiday or, or treats that you don't just have to do at Halloween, but year-round. So I can see now a new community, once we really get back on ground with our economy, a new community of individuals who are going to start really marketing and, 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 and captivating on that new market of engagement. And so I definitely see that technology is going to play an integral role in how we take Halloween to the next level in terms of celebrations. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the question is, is the change permanent? Yeah. I mean, def- definitely, uh, as far as the technology-wise of it, of definitely, I think that's, you know, technology is, it's not like it's going anywhere. It's only going to get better and faster, if anything else. Um, but will it change as a whole permanently? I don't know. I don't know, because we know that we're all going through a, a different time right now with the pandemic. So it is hard to say. Um, I know people yearn for that regular tradition yeah. of the trick-or-treating. And I know people yearn for that, and, and I don't blame them. I, I, I definitely don't blame them because, you know, it's for a lot of people, Halloween is their favorite holiday, myself included. Yeah. So I, I definitely get that. So you're right, Adeem. I think the, the fact is I miss, and I'm sure you know this too, the fact that we all get together and don't know how our friends and loved ones are going to show up, right? What right, are they going right. to look like? And, you know, that in that, that sense of community in that moment, is it's important that we're going to definitely miss and we'll definitely return when it's safer to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Thank you so much for that question, Karina. That was awesome. Thank you, ladies. There was, I think she had a couple others. Let's hit them all. Do you want to get through it? All right. Yeah, I think right, there were some so really good ones there. He does have quite a bit of good ones. Let's see. Uh, how much of Halloween's history do we actually celebrate now? So I, I guess she's asking from the original perspective we were talking about uh, with the Celts. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that's where she's she's yeah. mean. So how much of that is the same? Um, I think there's more similarities than we think. There are. And, and even though the, 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 the characters have changed, the stage and scene has changed, and, of course, the location, because obviously geographically it's different. I would say, I would contend that the basic core of the fact that it is a celebration for what it's worth has evolved, but it still is essential what it is. And so the, the foundations of Halloween and the time in which it's celebrated, it's still around, it revolves around the same period. But as we could imagine, though, there has been the change has been obviously as literature and film introduces new characters, we get new realities and icons for Halloween, right? And so that in itself lends itself to the evolution, why Halloween looks different, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, okay, so there was definitely dressing up in costume. So that was yeah. the thing. Uh, the Celts would actually put food outside their house as a treat for the spirits. So the spirits would, you know, kind of like uh, take it to leave them alone, which turns into eventually trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things, the Bobby for apples, I mean, there's a lot of the things that are right. the same, different, but the same. There's a lot of traditions that are the same. But the major one, as far as uh, dressing up in a costume and and receiving treats, I mean, in that time, it was, they would put out the treats for ghosts. But those two major, uh, major factors of Halloween are original celebration portions of Halloween. Very good. Very true. Wow. Yeah. All right, next one. Um, what do you think is a big Halloween tradition? The biggest Halloween tradition, I think, today, honestly, is the party, the gathering. 
And yes, they happen in different places from homes to street parties or clubs. Um, so I think the, to me, the biggest um, representation of Halloween is the gathering itself, having a party or an event that commemorates the festive, festivity. Yeah, and I would also say that I think around this time, people want to see scarier horror movies more than usual. So I would definitely think, and that's a tradition for a lot of people. It's a tradition for me. Uh, well, I mean, not really, I guess, because I watch horror movies like throughout the all year. All year long? All year long, as much as I can. But um, as far as it being a tradition, for a lot of people, it is a tradition to watch maybe the same movie on Halloween. I mean, I do have that tradition of like watching Hocus Pocus. But um, for a big Halloween tradition, I agree with you. I, I mean, Halloween parties have been going on for a very long time. So I agree. I think that's probably the biggest tradition. And I would say, you know, to that as well, it's easy to say as a runner-up, maybe a second runner-up, you know, part, you know, number three would be like a haunted attraction going to something. Yeah. But I recognize it's like a horror movie and a, or a haunted attraction. That might not be for everybody. And so, yeah. but everybody can relate. Even if you go to a Halloween party, you can dress up as something less scary, right? So you can still right. participate or just go in black and orange and you're dressed up, you know, doing anything that's outside yeah. your norm or wearing the colors, you're still repping the, the holiday. And so I, yeah, you're right. I think the holiday is, you know, definitely number one, I would say number two would be a, a tie, I guess, more so between the attractions. If, you, if your city affords them or has them as well as the horror films. Cause yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to see everything horror and, and, and speaking of which last night, guess what was on AMC? My, one of my favorite movies to watch of the 21st century, Trick or Treat. It was on. Oh, I was man. so happy. I don't know why. This, it's such a simple movie. And, and yeah, I, my better half had to go, go through it with me. But it was so much fun <laughs> just to watch. And, yeah. you know, that and, of course, my Charlie Brown. You know, it's a great oh, pumpkin, yeah. Charlie Brown. Great I pumpkin, love the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> as well as Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, I... I, well, I and, you know, I've been watching my Phil, I, Beetlejuice, you know, which, you know, I watched Beetlejuice and I, I hadn't seen it in a few years. I, I remember because I used to watch it all the time, but I hadn't seen it in a few years. And I, I don't know why I watched Beetlejuice the other day. And I'm like, why isn't Beetlejuice in this movie more? So I'm yeah. hoping if they come out with a sequel, Beetlejuice will be in it just a little bit more than he was in the, in the first that one. That is true. Right. It That's is. True. It is. He's not in it as much as, he, as I originally yeah. thought. Uh, all right, Karina's last question, and it's a great question. Do you think that Salem witch trials play a role in how we celebrate Halloween? Now, I do know that members of the modern pagan and witch community have homes in Salem where they still celebrate uh, the original uh, Celt traditions, the Cyan, recognizing the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter. So I know that that is still very much a connection. And I know that Salem in general has a lot of Halloween celebrations, but I guess she's asking if there's a specific role that the witch trials have played in Halloween, like a specific connection besides them celebrating. It's interesting because of when we look at the what you know the area in which the Salem witch trials took place, a lot of it does play back to the the rigidity of the religious beliefs of the time, right? And also the fact it also played on the idea of, you know, manipulation and lies. We know where it started and how it started. I would say that the witch in the time of when Halloween was in its earliest days may not have been an icon or something to celebrate because it was something very tender, right? And something very sensitive, depending on the geographic location in America. 
But as but it didn't help as well that Hollywood and other great stories like The Land of Oz, these are books that have been out well before, you know, in the early days as well, at least 100 plus years ago. They started taking this identity of a witch, right, and making her this iconic figure. And, you know, and so and we talked about that on a previous like episode three when we did the witches episode yeah. back in early September. Um, and by the way, as a plug, folks, go check it out. <laughs> but it's definitely one of those moments where I feel that the witch wasn't the start of it. But today she's now celebrated. She's even sexy now. I mean, look at these sexy witches in these costumes today. They're barely wearing nothing now. So right. definitely she's been there or he's been there. But today I think that she, he or she holds a different, I don't know. It's a good question, honestly. Yeah, it's an excellent question. I mean, there's definitely tie-ins to Salem. Obviously, we know the witch trials, uh, but just the general celebration of Halloween, and a lot of people want to go to Salem for Halloween. I mean, you have the witch's house there. You have the witch's museum. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's definitely, there's definitely a connection, and I would even say that the connection can almost feels unspoken. You know, like there's some sort of bond between the Salem rich, rich which sorry trials and halloween there is some sort of bond there um that i i think is just kind of maybe understood yeah that's true that's true because most of the time when people want to go to salem to visit the witch trials and all that they want to go during this time yeah they do they do they do hey check this out there's a question coming in in the demon i'm throwing this one at you this was from dex and dex says great job fried talk guys keep up the good work Shout out from Canada. Oh, all right. Thank you. Can you talk a little about superstitions? They pair well with Halloween as well. What's your favorite superstition? Oh, yes, they do. First of all, Dex, thank you for listening from Canada, and thank you for your question. Um, So, obviously, there's a ton of superstitious, uh, you know, that don't walk under the ladder, that don't open an umbrella inside. My grandmother had this thing uh, when I was younger that, when she was driving and I was in the car with her or anybody for that matter was in the car with her, we would drive by the outside of a cemetery. She would turn off the radio of the car and she would tell me, you don't turn on the radio when you drive by a cemetery because you're disturbing the dead. Hmm. And to, Never this heard day, that. to this day, I'll turn off the radio as I'm driving by a cemetery. More really? out of a sign of respect. Yeah, a sign of respect, I suppose, just because it was instilled in me and my young when I was young. That superstition of if you're playing a radio by a cemetery, you are disturbing the dead some way, somehow. I, I don't mm. know. Uh, but there are, you know, the black cat, the walking under a ladder, the the spilling of the salt, the broken mirror. I don't find any of those particularly frightening mm-hmm. or viable. Let me say. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's one, uh, definitely the, the radio in the cemetery part, which I guess, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but you know, that's an old world superstition, you know, that my grandmother had just kind of mentioned. So, yeah. You know, I agree with, I'll take that superstition part and and go with the cemetery. As you know, my grandfather passed uh, over a year ago and now I can go to the cemetery by myself and it doesn't bother me, but it was only now at this age in my life that I can do so because I feel like as I drove in any cemetery not by it but into a cemetery when you drive in mm-hmm. to go visit I always yeah. felt like I was entering this other world and I remember my, my mom used to always say when you go to a cemetery I remember one time we were in the car she said don't ever point over there don't point at the cemetery your mother's not dead yet she used to always say that 
And I'm hmm. like, hmm. And she, I'm like, hmm. And she said, no, don't ever point at a cemetery. I'll point in the direction of a cemetery. It's disrespect. I haven't heard that. Yeah, just like I haven't heard the other one. So I'm like, wait a minute, what's right, going on right, here? Right. Okay. You know, well, if like, our families yeah. got together, we wouldn't be able to go anywhere near cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Miami, okay? Turn the blocks, yeah. you know, there's a yeah. cemetery with every school, right? So right. we, you know, definitely, you know, we much respect, of course. But Canada, thank you, Dex, for listening to us thank and for continued support. Excellent question. Excellent question. All right, Billy. So we got one here from Jane. Jane says, I went to Brazil a year ago and discovered that Halloween is celebrated there in certain ways, too. Why do you think the world is embracing Halloween? Hmm. I think the world is embracing because, as always, because Halloween now is so representative of parties. You know, there are New Year's parties. There are Halloween parties. I don't I, whenever we talk about Christmas, people celebrate Christmas as a festival, not a party. <laughs> Thanksgiving right. is a dinner, not a party, right? So yeah. Halloween is that other holiday, one of the few um, celebrations that can be deemed a party, like a birthday or a New Year's celebration, where the rules for Halloween are so unwritten, and they're so almost atypical. They don't have the religious um, undertone that other holidays may have sometimes or a connection or the spirituality connection in that sense. So I think it just becomes this free-for-all, which allows us and people around the world, they see that too. And of course, in Brazil, I have to say, Brazil is um, a beautiful country. Uh, many of the Brazilian culture, it's always been fascinated, just like we, with our culture. And so it's not a surprise that a lot of the influx of what America is doing infects the world. And we see that in other um, in, uh, um, identities of things as well, such as in music and fashion as well, too. But I would say for Brazil, I mean, Brazil is already a, an amazing place with amazing culture. It has its own celebrations and traditions as well. And so I'm very, I'm not surprised to see that it's now being embraced there. The question is, how, Jane, is it being embraced? Is it done the way it is in America, or has Brazil given another twist? And that would be a nice show for a future, perhaps, Nadine, that we can explore that. How different is Halloween today in different geographic locations? Right, right. And, and I think that for Halloween has always been embraced. Uh, it's just being embraced more now in other countries in general. I know that the popularity of Halloween in other countries within the last 30 years has increased significantly. And it's not to say that it hasn't been celebrated before because the United States, Canada, Ireland, a lot of the tradition of trick-or-treating is exactly the same. Uh, in Mexico for Dia de los Muertos, uh, which is the Day of the Dead, you know, that's a whole three-day celebration. And so, and it is a celebration, right? And so I, I, I think that uh, the popularity has definitely grown worldwide, but let's not make Let's not make the mistake to think that the United States is the only one that's celebrating Halloween because Halloween is one of the oldest holidays to exist on Earth. And so a lot of countries have been, have been celebrating it for just as long as the United States has. Mm, very true. That's a very good point. Yeah. You know and also, I want to remind everybody, since we're midway through our show, because you know... Oh, we are, having huh? fun. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to call in at any time, the phone number is 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. Or if you'd like to email or write in your question, you could do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And on Instagram, Fright Talk Guys, please give us a follow. 
Or you could also message me through NTABSH on Instagram. That's N-T-A-B-S-C-H. And I'll be glad to read your questions on the air. Hopefully we can get to them. All right. Thank you so much, Billy. How you got those questions flowing in there, Billy? I know oh, you have Ooh, there's like nine. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven came in since. Um, here's one oh. from Belinda. Try this one, Nadine. What traditions do you guys like to do during Halloween? Um, I find the act of scaring others to be fun. I like, I've participated throughout several years in different haunted houses. And I really enjoy doing that. Um, I wouldn't say it's a tradition because it's not something I do every year. But I enjoy giving a good scare. And so I do like that. And I, I, I obviously enjoy just the, the fall season and seeing people outside trick-or-treating and stuff like that, which obviously this year is going to be uh, a little bit different. Um, so... You know, for some people, Halloween is a way of life, not necessarily a holiday. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely say that. I, I enjoy people getting a good scare, and um, and I enjoy watching people just celebrate the season in general. I mean, no specific tradition. Obviously, wearing the costumes is always great. Trying to think of what you can come up with to wear is fantastic as well. So, yeah, I would say that. And, of course, Halloween parties, which is always a must. No, I agree with you. I think um, the, the parties and things of that nature are fun, but why is it, Nadine, that whenever we... Like right now, I want to see so many scary movies in the next 16 days. <laughs> you know, like, I know that, like, there's a whole yeah. year here. I can pretty much watch a scary movie in November, December, but why is it there is this feeling like, I need to do it this month. I got to see the ones that right. I got to see. And I think it's all because you and I, it takes a lot to scare us, right? We're not so easily yeah. frightened. But We're not. that gives us a nice thrill. That is our nice little breakaway, right? And I would say for me, the tradition is, like you said, is setting up and celebrating. You know the one tradition I wish I could do one day, and I think I mentioned this to you before, you know, with the size and a lot that we have here in our home, we would love to do like a, a, a welcome, like next time we have a party on ground, whenever that's safe to do, an actual Halloween trail for all of our guests to walk through that actually would be a scare zone. And I really want to do that here. And, and we talk about it here. That, you know, my family and I talk about it. And I said, you know what? I, and they said, you know, that one, maybe one year we can do that. Because I'm watching on YouTube and I'm living vicariously through all these great creations across the <laughs> nation. People are doing right. some really cool things to make, bring community. My uncle does it in, in, on, the north, on the south side of town. My, my uncle David, his house is decorated for every major holiday. And I love it. Like, I just love it. And I just wish I had... I have, I can make the time, but, you know, obviously got to get the, the materials and things. You got to start collecting early, but it's one tradition that I hope to bring one day versus the ones we are, we are already creating. Right. Right. And I, it's funny you mentioned that I saw on a prime video uh, last week, I believe there was a little documentary on people that decorate the outsides of their homes as scare zones for trick or treaters, which I thought was absolutely amazing. That was like a lot. I have to watch this. That was on yes, Prime. On Amazon Prime. Yeah. You know I am. You know I'm a Prime member now, thanks to you. I know. Congratulations, <laughs> Billy. I'm so proud. Of you. I have crossed over, brother. <laughs> it only took a little bit of nudging, but it's it only funny. took like so a whole year or two. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of stuff on there. Let me tell yeah, they you. Do. Especially now. So, yeah. I've been watching for the past week. I decided to start watching again the original Adams Family show. Oh. And it's on Prime. Yes. And as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going right to the monsters. 
Ah. <laughs> oh, hey, check this out, Nadine. Got a question for you. Maria wants to know. I grew up in Cuba, and I don't recall Halloween being as popular there as it is here. But mm. I hear things are changing on the island in that regard. Is Halloween only for those who are gothic and prefer dark things? Oh, I, I don't think so. I, I like to think that Halloween is for, for everybody. I mean, even if you don't, in my opinion, if you're not the type of person that likes scary movies, if you're not the type of person that likes, you know, gore or anything like that, but you still want to dress up. I mean, Halloween costumes don't have to be scary. You know, nowadays they can be fun. They can be um, whimsical even if you want them to be. So even if it's that one day a year that you want to participate or just go to a, a party or whatever it is, I I think that there is a, maybe a, a, a bad uh, connection to people thinking that only people who are gothic or uh, maybe look a certain way or dress a certain way celebrate halloween now you and i may not necessarily dress the part but we both have very gothic hearts and so you can most definitely celebrate halloween and not be considered a gothic person and also i'd like to say this um it doesn't matter you know other people may classify people as gothic or emo or whatever the case is but people are just just be Whoever it is you are, regardless of the title or the label, you don't have to be anything in particular or anyone in particular to celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I also have to share, um, Maria, thank you for your honesty, your candor. Um, I also would say, you know, I think at the end of the day, if someone celebrates whatever it is that they prefer to celebrate, does it make them a bad person? What it does to me, whenever I see people celebrating things that, you know, especially holidays like this, it gives us something to look forward to. And so for that, and especially in the times that we're in, it just makes life more, 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 you know, worth more living, especially when you don't get to see the people you enjoy on a daily basis. I mean, you know, Nadine, you and I, we talk all the time throughout the week, but we don't see each other all the time. We're talking on the phone, right? And so, you know, this gives us something to look forward to, even when we're back in normalcy. So Maria, thank you for your feedback. And like you said, the Cuban Island is changing. Now, there are some, you know, things are evolving. There is more change needed. But I think it's great that people are embracing opportunities to convene and to celebrate life in some way. I agree. And if you're hesitant, Maria, and and by the way, Maria, great question. And I agree with Billy. Thank you for for being uh, so honest about it. I I would say give it a try if if you've never done it before. I mean, you might just like it. And maybe you do have what we call a gothic heart and you just don't know. Billy, I got a question here for you from Derek. Mm-hmm. It says, what are the most iconic characters around the world as people celebrate Halloween? I'd love to hear your thoughts. The vampire. The vampire is one of the most iconic characters that is celebrated, and at least not it's not celebrated, but recognized across many cultures. And it may not be called a vampire, obviously, in the English, state, in the English stance, but it is still a character that sucks blood or draws life off of a human, right, or an animal. And so the vampire is one great example of that. Um, I, I think it's one of the most, in, in, at least in film, one of the most celebrated, oh, not recently, but I would say in the past a, a century, it was definitely one of the icons. I agree with you, the vampire, uh, the witch. Mm-hmm. The witch, you can go back and look at Halloween images from the 40s and the 50s, and little girls are dressed as witches. Um, so definitely the witch, I would say, is, is an iconic character as well. The werewolf, not as much, 
The Mummy, not as much. And I think Frankenstein is not too far behind. Yeah, yeah. I think Frankenstein is not too far yeah. behind, and these are classic characters from literature. And it's interesting. Here's something for you, Nadine. Could a girl dress up as a vampire? Yes, right? A classic yeah. vampire. But right. could a guy dress up as a classic witch? He could now. He would be more welcome to do so today. But there, I think there was like a gender divide, at least as Halloween evolved over the past century, that certain genders were more likely to be certain characters, right? And so because they spoke to the societal expectations of that gender in that time. And so now today, everybody can be whoever they want, whenever they want. And I think that's fabulous. And so we no longer have that boundary that we did 100 years ago. Right, because if you were a male and you wanted to dress as a witch, you would be considered a warlock, and you just wouldn't wear a hat. Right, and then if I'm dressing all black, nobody's gonna get it. They're like, "What are you like?" (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wear all black. I'm like, I like wearing all black. black You're wearing the pointy hat and the iconic elements of what a witch looks like. Oh, she's a witch, and she has a green face. Even better, right? So, (laughs) here's a question for you. Check this out. This was coming from Mark. What's your one unforgettable trick-or-treating experience? Uh, hmm. So, I mean, I remember obviously going to the mall as a kid. I don't remember it too well because I was younger. Mm-hmm. I remember um, going with my friend, like I said, to that better neighborhood to, to get candy and, and whatever the case is. But honestly, one of my favorite, well, my one of my most memorable was, it was not necessarily on Halloween. I believe it was a few days before. And a friend of mine, I must have been like 14 at the time. My friend mm-hmm. and I went to a, a plaza. It was, it was, I'm sure it still exists, called Main Street here in Miami. And Main Street used to be like a hangout. Um, I haven't been there in years. But it used to be a hangout for teenagers a long mm-hmm. time ago when I was mm-hmm. a teenager. And I went with a friend of mine, and we watched Halloween. We had somebody in line buy the tickets for us because we couldn't get in because we were too young. It was one of the Halloween sequels, and we watched it. And right afterwards, they had opened a pop-up Halloween shop, and it wasn't very large. Uh, but we went in there right afterwards, and my friend had saved up money to buy the Michael Myers mask, the, the William Shatner Michael Myers mask. It must have been at the time something like 50 bucks, which – you know, it was, it was quite a bit of money for him to save up for. So um, it was just, it was at night. It was a couple of days before Halloween and just seeing the Halloween movie. I was hanging out with my friend, going to a small Halloween shop. It was nobody else in there, him buying the mask. It was just a good overall experience. I, I just oh. remember it being like, fun. I, I remember feeling immersed in Halloween at that time. That is so cool. Do you remember what age you were? How old were you then? About 14, I would say. That's awesome. That sounds so cool. I'm like, and we live in the same freaking city. I don't remember any of this. Like, I'm like, why don't I get this? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I remember is, you know, walking, you know, we, we trick-or-treated, you know, two or three blocks. But I remember one year we went five blocks. And it was like a two and a half hour. I came back with a bag full of candy, my cousins. And, of course, we went with a large group. So, like, everybody on the same street went trick-or-treating. Yeah. And then I started thinking, I was like, if we're trick-or-treating, then who's at the house is giving us candy if everybody else is walking around? And so, um, but we did, <laughs> but we did end up having so much candy. But remember, Nadine, when people would tell us we need to go and get our candy checked. Remember how you, you had to go check, get an X-ray. Was, it was awful. It was awful That's because it. there were people wanting to poison and hurt children, 
And it yep. didn't start taking the fun out of Halloween. Remember, they used to run it through the x-ray machine at the fire stations or somewhere. We had to go or to the ERs or something. Your parents would have to cut it open in the middle to make sure yeah. there wasn't exactly. or anything like that. I'm thinking, yep. wow. And, it, you know, and it, you know, we realized then at a very young age that the world was unsafe, right, even during the holiday. Very yeah. sad. Yeah. I got another exactly. one. Here's another, go ahead, yeah. Nadine. You had, did you have any other questions? I believe I might have one more. Let's see. Um, okay, yes, Demetria says, Halloween is not my favorite holiday, but I like it. The past 20 years, we've seen a change in people in favor of the holiday. My kids enjoy it, too. What does Halloween look like through the eyes of today's children? I think that's going to be kind of hard to answer because I'm not a child, but uh, neither are you, Billy, but I think we can do the best we can. <laughs> what do you think, Billy? So how do you think it looks like today um, in the eyes of a kid? I think children today, it's, and it depends on what would constitute a child. If they're under, that's it. They're if they're 12 or under today, Halloween is highly digitized. It's highly commercialized. There are so many. I mean, to to celebrate a Charlie Brown doesn't have the same resonating opinion like we would have. There are just more things to do and represent. There's a lot more animatronics and toys and things to make Halloween look what it to make it look grand. So I can have what the theme parks have in my own backyard or in my front yard, right? And so I think Halloween looks very um, technologically enhanced. And that's due to movies, that's due to Mm -hmm. animatronics, and any of the other modern constructs that help us enjoy Halloween at its its more modern stance. What do you think? Well, I think that, uh, again, it does depend on what we're talking about when we say kid, depending on the age. Right? But let's also take into consideration that when we wanted to see a scary movie, I mean, I didn't have cable really growing up. So when I wanted to see a scary movie, I had to go to the theater. You, most kids today have Netflix. And unless they have some sort of parental guide that locks it or a specific uh, subsection for them, like a channel uh, profile for them, they can pretty much watch whatever Halloween movie is on there or any type of horror movie. I feel like they have an easier access to it. I feel they may be a little bit... Uh, scared, desensitized because of the internet and the things that they can see. And so if you grow up watching so many horror movies that you can stream at your fingertips, eventually a lot less things are going to, it'll take more to scare you. You know, which happens with you and I. I mean, we've seen so many horror movies. We've gone to so many, uh, you know, haunted houses and parks and and real haunted houses that we're kind of like, you know, if we see something, I mean, it really has to be good to to scare us. I just think they're a bit more desensitized now, but I'm hoping that there's still some sort of uh, magic in it for them, that they see it as a spooky season and not just a spooky day. Mm, that's a very good point. They also have other, and like you said, there are other alternatives too. People are, you know, some neighborhoods still do trick-or-treating door-to-door, but also too, there are safe haven spaces, even colleges are having spaces, whether it be in buildings or in trunk, you know, the Halloween trunk, trunk or treating, like right, that's right. now option. So there's so many more options. And even the workplaces of mom and dad are now doing things to bring in safe havens for kids. And so zoos are right. doing things, you know, so there's just so many more options that we did not have as children. So I think, like you said, with so many options, I hope it doesn't take away from the quality of what we have or what we, or what the holiday could be. It's true. 
I agree with you. I agree with you. I've gone through quite a bit of my questions. You have I got nothing. two more here. I get a more coming in on my side. This one's from that. Andrew. He wants to know, um, Nadim. I heard of this thing called Halloween matchmaking. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of it? It's different, but it was part of the Halloween tradition 200 years back. Ah, uh, I know what he's talking about. Okay. During the Victorian period, Halloween on Halloween, All Hallows Eve, people would go like you could go and find, like it goes back to that superstition thing. Finding right. love on, on Halloween Eve, people actually did Halloween wow. matchmaking. So these parties were ways to, you know, to meet people, you know, to connect with people in the community. And we're talking more obviously, you know, a 19th century America coming into a 20th century where people use the holiday as a means, you know, to, hey, get freaky, <laughs> but also right. to find that interest. It's also <laughs> a great time for you if you're, if you're a little shy, then if you want to be a little bit more forward as Dracula, you could get away with more by right. flirting your character. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, First of all, I didn't read now that you're saying it. I'm like, oh, okay, no, it, it makes sense. Uh, I guess so. Maybe if somebody's wearing a costume, maybe they will be more forward as Dracula. And maybe without it, they're like a wet mop. Well, who knows? You know, I mean, it, just, <laughs> it just depends. Maybe wearing the costume gives them more uh, personality. I, I want to say that I'm sure something like that, like speed dating Halloween, I'm sure is happening at some, well, I don't know about now. Maybe it's happening virtually, but I'm sure that happens throughout the spooky season. And listen, if if there's people out there and they're both so into Halloween that they're like, you know what, I could kind of put on a getup and go and match make uh, and try to find a match this way. Hey, more power tool. No, you, you may. I just I was looking at the history website. You know what they said, which is interesting. Black cats and ghosts. You mentioned earlier how the Celtic would put out food to appease the spirit. Yeah. So they saw yeah. spirits as a friendly thing. They weren't. They're not as demonic as their view today. It's more more right. malevolent as their view today, right? But I I feel that now today when we look at the role of the cats, black cats, poor black cats. They 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 you know from the Middle Ages as they're saying. And I remember this now. And people believe that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. We talked about this before um, on the yeah. witch episode. And the thing is, the cat also same, you know, came the same with, you know, for, even from the Egyptians. Although the god of the underworld, I think, is he was a cat. So, or the icon looks and resembles a cat. So all of these ideas and traditions are interesting. But here's one more thing, Nadine, just to get back to the ritual, the Halloween matchmaking. I did not know this, but in Scotland, fortune tellers recommend that an eligible young woman during Halloween name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nut into the fireplace. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, the story went, represented a girl's future husband. You know, Billy, you putting that out there makes me think that somewhere now on Amazon and Publix, the shows are going to run out of hazelnuts with a woman going, <laughs> buying them, trying to set all kinds of hazelnuts on fire and see what they come up with. And this Men's is all before Halloween night. All before Halloween night. Or she all would take apple peels. She would take the peels of apples and throw them over her shoulder. Like that was another tradition, these very unique traditions of Halloween. So <laughs> so I shouldn't laugh because people of 100 years from now are going to laugh at some of the things we're dealing with now. But I have sure. to tell you, that's a very good point. And that question, really, thank you very much. Yeah, um, that, was that was a very good question. I know that yeah. we're coming down. I have the last question for our show, and I don't yeah. have any more after that. And I want to give a shout out as well. I'm sure you got to do the same. This last yeah. question is: What does a COVID Halloween look like for you guys? 
for us, you and me, for Maxine. Well, you know that, and we mentioned this in the last show, you know we're we're going to a haunted house tomorrow. We're going to a haunted house. Let me say this. We're going to a haunted house that was created to be a haunted house, but it's taking place in a mansion that is actually believed to be haunted. So we're actually going to a haunted house. Um, Yep. That's part of the, you know, we're going to do that, obviously. And then, um, I again, I do like to see the horror movies. I, I like to actually, on a, like tonight's a rainy night, whatever, I wouldn't mind reading some horror books and horror stories, which we know that's coming up too. Um, definitely, definitely like to do those things. And that's what COVID Halloween is going to look like for me. I, I do intend to uh, order in, watch some TV, um Maybe read a scary book. Uh, so, yeah, that's what it's going to look like to me. And then, obviously, we have a virtual Halloween party that we're going to. So we have our virtual Halloween party as well. So that's what the COVID Halloween party is going to look like. Yep, Dean said it well. Um, the, the, the add, to add to it, at the Hunter House, we're going to so a, night at the, a Nightmare at the Curtis Mansion is what it's called, folks. Mm-hmm. We have to wear a mask. We have to arrive at the appointment time. And then when we're done, we're told we need to leave the premises. Also, we have yep. to wear masks, and our temperatures are taken at the door. So that is our COVID Halloween. And so yep. we're looking forward to it. We'll have probably a lot to tell you in our next show that's coming up on October 30th, which is, by the way, as Nadine said, Friday Talk, two weeks from tonight, same time, just a different day, um, called Scary Stories. We're going to be reading and telling and sharing some scary stories, and we hope that you'll be joining us to share some of your stories as well. Absolutely. This is a fun show, right, Nadine? It's really fun. It's always fun. It's always fun, and I always enjoy hearing the different questions that people have. Um, mm-hmm. I want to well, I want to give a lot of love to a lot of people because we have so much support online, right? So I'd like to t- thank, of, of course, for all the wonderful questions, Karina Mariaca. I'd like to also thank uh, my friend Jaime Fierro for always listening in. So, and I'd like to tell everybody to please go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Fright Talk Guys. That is our tag. So if you go to Fright Talk, guys, you're going to see, and we don't only post the links to the show, but we post quite a few spooky things throughout the, the weeks leading up to the show. So, and you can always reach out to us. If you have any questions or anything, we're, we're always uh, very approachable people. So we want to thank everybody for all the love. And, you know, Billy and I were talking before the show, and we have a pretty steady audience. Um, yeah, we do. We do. Steady folks. audience. We, we do have quite a bit of people listening to us, and we, we do truly um, appreciate the love and hopefully continue to bring you, you know, the content that you enjoy. You know, we got this comment coming in from Peter Query. Peter says, I'm going to read this email because it's, it's great. Peter says, from your last podcast on witches, BJ expressed his dislike of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Personally, it was my favorite out of the franchise, and I really and thought really clever of Carpenter to express his dislike of the franchise by making its, fran- its merchandise instruments of death. Here's a great quote from the movie pertinent to tonight's topic. And so Connell Co- uh, Cochran says, you don't really have, know much about Halloween. You thought no further than the strange custom of having your children wear masks and go out begging for candy. It was the start of the year in our old Celtic lands, and we'd be waiting in our houses of waddles and clay. The barriers would be down, you see, between the real and the unreal, and the dead might be looking in. Our fires of, of turf. Halloween, the festival of Samhain. The last great one took the last great one took place three thousand years ago, and the and the hills ran red. 
with the blood of animals and children. And then Dr. Chalice says, Chalice says, sacrifices. And then Cochran says, it was part of our world, our craft. And then Chalice says, witchcraft. Then Cochran says, to us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again in the end. We don't decide these things, you know. The planets do. They're in alignment. And it's time again. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it in Happy Halloween. And he closes mm-hmm. by saying, thank you, BJ and Nadine, for your outstanding and fearless work on such topics. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick, Patrick that is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for writing in yep. that from the movie. And thank you for listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. So you know what that means, Billy? That means you're going to have to rewatch Halloween 3. I'm going to, and you know what, Patrick, I'm going to rewatch it again. And it's going to say 10 more days to Halloween, 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 <laughs> the countdown. And I'm going to enjoy it. And I am going to open it, you know, with an old, goes back in it and with an open mind. I do have Shudder, so I'm able to do that. Shudder has some good stuff being released right now, Nadine. Shudder and Prime and Hulu. Oh, my gosh, there's that movie I told you about. Let me see it really fast. The Bad Hair movie that's coming out. We'll talk about that later. But the Bad Hair yeah. yeah. So we got oh, some things to talk about coming up after Halloween, like a, I guess a Halloween recap would probably be a good idea. Um, but thank you all for listening. And yes. Nadim, it was a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Thank you as well. Billy, my friend, it is always a pleasure. I want you to know that we've had, uh, I've been receiving some messages throughout the week that people are like, we want to hear this show. We want to hear that show. You know, when we're talking about the different things of Fright, you and I have talked about, we're, we will have our serial killers show that we spoke about. So we know some people were like, when is that happening? Don't worry. It's going to happen soon. We promise. But thank you so much. I mean, uh, Billy and I love doing this and mm-hmm. uh, it works so well together and we just enjoy, these are things that we enjoy and passionate about. And what we hope is that you get from the show is that we're talking about things today. We're talking about things of how to enjoy it, but we're also not forgetting the past and a lot of these things that we're talking about. And hopefully giving it its due respect, especially when we talk about uh, witches and and when we spoke about, you know, uh, Wicked and things like that. So a lot of love. We thank you so much for the support. Cannot thank you enough. And we hope that you guys can tune in. And by the way, wish, wish us uh, luck tomorrow because, you know, tomorrow we have a, an interesting night ahead of us. <laughs> yes, we do. And we will have a lot to share on that. That's right. So I will see you tomorrow, brother. <laughs> We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see what else we see tomorrow while we're at that mansion. Oh, gosh. Until then, everyone, take care of yourselves. And see you on October 30th for the next episode on All Hallows Eve. Take care. Have a good night.